quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And Chris Trinkman in here from the newsroom now. And at uh, 14 minutes after 5, what's going on this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Well, Governor DeSantis appears to be closing the gap on Donald Trump. A Politico Morning Consult poll revealed that Republican voters do like DeSantis, although Trump is still leading. We're talking about a poll for the 2024 presidential primary. Seems pretty amazing we're talking about that in 2022. Yes, it does. (laughs) So the former president got 47% support. DeSantis had 33%. And that 14-point lead for Trump is down from the 25-point lead he had in the last poll done by these people uh, several weeks ago. And really, those are the only two names that show up. I mean, there are a few other candidates in the single digits. But DeSantis and Trump, clearly the top two at this point, with Trump leading. This is a nationwide poll. I think if you did this in Florida, it, oh, might, yeah. be, it might be reversed. DeSantis would be a runaway on that one. And he's, I think, uh, in the next couple of years, he's going to close that gap in a big, big way. Well, maybe so, Jack. But at the same time, I think Donald Trump uh, has, has earned the support of a lot of people around the country. Yeah. And just because... Fox and corporations and big-name Republicans don't support Trump anymore doesn't mean that his supporters aren't still with him. So yeah. it's going to be up to DeSantis, I think, to earn the uh, the support of, of the voters. I mean, it's one thing for corporations to flip their support to a different candidate. It's a different thing for voters to do the same thing. Yep, that'll be a mighty interesting primary coming around in uh, 2024. Absolutely. And it's already starting now. And you can bet that uh, things are going to start getting heated if uh, Donald Trump continues his uh, attacks on uh, on Governor DeSantis. Yeah. So Congress divided again. It appears Republicans now have control of the U.S. House. The projection made on Wednesday that they will have a slim majority once all the races are, are finished. They're still counting in some of the states out west. Yeah, although I think they've gone on and declared it. Yes, the uh, GOP will have the lead, so now it's up to them to come up with a Speaker of the House. That's right, and Kevin McCarthy looks to be the favorite. He, in the initial vote, got 188 votes from his uh, fellow Republicans. But that still leaves 30 votes that he needs to come up with to take control as Speaker, because you've got to get a majority. Yeah, and we were talking earlier about the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House. It can That's right. Be, I mean, it always has been, yeah. but according to law, they can pick anybody they want. Yeah. And I learned that. I was mentioning earlier when um, former President Trump was talking about how he wanted to be Speaker of the House. Yeah, it's a pretty tough job. And in many ways, it's not desired by a lot of members of Congress because it's it's really just an additional job on top of your duties as a congressperson. Because yeah. like you said, it's a separate office above and beyond just being in Congress because it is not technically uh, a congressman's job. It's it's the Speaker of the House. And so anybody could get that job if you could get the votes from the House. But yeah. the thing is, it's never happened. And in the history of the country, there's never really been a serious contender for Speaker of the House who wasn't already in Congress. Yeah, there's never been one from outside. Yeah. And Trump wanted to be the first. So it'll be interesting to see how Kevin McCarthy uh, gets the 30 additional votes that he needs to become the speaker. He's not going to get it from the Democratic side, obviously. And it'll take some, uh, you know, major convincing on some of the folks in the Freedom Caucus and uh, more conservative groups who were not a fan of McCarthy, especially after the things he said after the January 6th uh, riot at the Capitol and and some other things he's done throughout his time. Uh, He's never been the most popular guy. But then again, being speaker isn't an easy job, and, and most Congress people, like I said, Jack, don't want to do it because it's basically you get the job and it's just a, a clock ticking on on the time you get thrown out. Uh, most speakers don't last uh, more than a, a few sessions of Congress. Yeah, congressmen make one hundred seventy four thousand dollars a year. Mm, pretty good for their part time job. Yeah, <laughs> a part time job. The speaker. Makes a roughly twenty thousand more than that. Uh, the speaker gets one hundred ninety-three thousand four hundred dollars 
per year. So he gets nearly 20000 more, or she, for being speaker. But what if you're not a congressperson, Jack? Do you only get twenty grand for being the speaker? No, you still get that whole You get batch. the whole thing? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how McCarthy decides to handle this slim majority. Because when you don't have a, a large sort of mandate and a, and a dominant number of people in the House, there's going to be divisions. And uh, uh, President Biden came out yesterday saying he's willing to work with the Republicans. Not sure how that's going to play out. And uh, it's, it's not clear exactly what the uh, agenda is going to be in the upcoming uh, congressional session, which doesn't get going until next year. So we're seeing a lot of activity in Congress before then. One of the things that they are working on, Jack, right now, before the uh, Congress switches over to the new elected people, the Senate is working to make same-sex interracial marriage a right. Uh, the Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is pushing that legislation, and he is concerned about the conservative majority on the Supreme Court recently overturning Roe v. Wade and possibly throwing out uh, some of the protections for gay marriage. Yeah. And and that actually has bipartisan support, Jack. There were several Republicans that came out in favor of that. So it appears that it could get through the uh, 60 votes that you would need to pass the Senate because of the filibuster rules, and it may become a law for the entire country. Yeah, it's something that has become more and more popular over the years. I mean, when I was a youngster, you wouldn't even have thought of that. No. uh, I mean, today it's pretty well acceptable, I think, to most people. Yeah, they, they, it was a hugely controversial Supreme Court ruling, and, and there's still many people who disagree with it to this day. And In fact, I think many of the justices on the Supreme Court don't agree with it. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that it's, now that it's been in, in, in law for several years, um, for most people, I don't think they really notice it day to day. Oh, yeah. Gay people getting married and, and, and so on. Uh, most of the issues that, that were resolved by that are personal issues. You know, you're talking about estates and when somebody dies, who has the right to, to the person's belongings and all that. Those are things that people don't know about, you know, in their day-to-day lives. And it was an important thing for gay couples because in many cases, you know, the, a spouse would, would or a partner would die and then the family would come in and there would be this dispute about who has the rights to, to yeah. what. Uh, the gay marriage bill cleared that up. But it's, uh, it's still not law, so we'll see if they, if they pass that before the, uh, the new Congress takes place. And you mentioned earlier, Jack, Rick Scott was looking to take over as the leader of the Republicans in the Senate. Didn't work. <laughs> Did not work, and it's probably because he was his own worst enemy uh, during the time leading up to that. He was supposed to be in charge of reelecting Republicans to the Senate. He was promising as many as 55 seats going to the Republican side. And not only did they not get a majority, um, they didn't get anywhere close to his predictions. The other problem was he came up with that 11-point plan for the future of America, and it included ending Social Security and Medicare. Oh, yeah. And And and, that's been used against a lot of Republicans. Unfortunately for the GOP, you're absolutely right, Jack. That was uh, used as a part of their playbook in the midterms. That was crazy. That was crazy. So Scott uh, is still there, but he is the wealthiest a senator in the Senate, and you can bet that he has uh, other ambitions going down the road. I mean, Mitch McConnell's in his 80s, so he's not going to be there forever, and there may be another chance for Rick Scott down the road. We shall see. Yep, for sure. And Chris will have more coming up here in seven minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's 523 on AM Tampa Bay, and let's check on our traffic trammels now with John Thomas. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 527 on AM Tampa Bay. And uh, there was a story here. The headline was Joe Biden revealed his sick plan to ban hamburgers. What? There's no way. He can't do that. (laughs) He sure can't, but. Um, this is basically an anti-Biden story because it talks about him trying to destroy American domestic energy production, which he has done that. But he's trying to get rid of all of our gasoline vehicles. So no, yeah. no more muscle cars. Yeah, he's imposing the Green New Deal as a top priority. 
He's one of the boneheads that think that we can change the climate That's all in AOC. any way, shape, or form. He does not understand the climate is determined by nature. There's nothing we can do to make it worse or to make it better. And even if we could make it better, we're one tiny part of the world. We'd have to get the whole world to ban meats from cows and because of the cow burping and farting, and they say that that causes uh, methane gas and burping and farting and, and have they studied yeah. all of the other animals on the planet to make sure that their farts are not contributing to the problem or is it just cows i guess just cows because there's so many of them i mean we know what happens when we eat broccoli here or baked beans <laughs> i know i mean well, are they gonna beans, ban those definitely my dog's farts are pretty potent <laughs> right my little yorkie so i feel like that could have something to do with global well i warming. hate to say it but he'd have to ban humans because uh-huh. <laughs> humans are pretty good at it too well anyway it's 529 on am tampa bay Keeping you up on what's trending, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And keeping us up with what's trending is Dana McKay. And what's going on this morning, Dana? Well, today is National Unfriend Day. Unfriend. (laughs) Time to clean up your social media. Jack and Dana, you guys aren't my friends anymore. (laughs) Just for today. Well, you all never were. Okay. <laughs> Jack, actually, I sent you a friend request on Facebook yesterday. I don't know if you saw it. But, uh... Oh, I haven't gotten it yet. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll have to look into that. But yes, it is Unfriend Day. I'll get it today. Okay. Every once in a while, we do have to unfriend people. Had that experience recently, and it's never pleasant, but you know. Drama. <laughs> yep. But they are talking about only on social media, right? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, the Simpsons producer Al Jean just pointed out that once again, the show predicted the future. Clips from a 2015 episode titled Bart to the Future are going viral because they show Homer flying over a sign that says Trump 2024. Oh, you're kidding. When <laughs> was that? How do they know this stuff? It's incredible how many times this has happened where they <laughs> predict the future on The Simpsons. <laughs> I used to, I haven't seen The Simpsons in a while now, but I used to love that show. I did too. And who knew that they were telling us what was going to happen in the future when we were watching it? (laughs) And it is free cup day at Starbucks for today only. If you buy a holiday drink, you get a free reusable holiday cup. Ah, so you have to take the reusable cup in there with you, though. Yes, when you go back, yes. Or you can use it at home. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd rather just get a new cup. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have to wash it, it or away. anything. <laughs> I love the Starbucks reusable cups. Now, I don't know if it's just kind of a cheap plastic reusable cup, but some of those Starbucks cups are really nice. Yeah, fancy. Mm. Well, I'll have to not check it out. <laughs> All righty, then. I guess you didn't like that one, Jack. <laughs> I mean, you know, Starbucks, you know, not a sponsor, but could be. Just saying. I love Starbucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like Starbucks. I I don't know what it is. I get Joy gets me something. Well, maybe Joy will like a reusable cup. Yeah. <laughs> no, she might. She might. She's more of a big fan. <laughs> but I like her coffee at home. She makes great coffee for me. Of course, it has to be decaf because I'm kind of a wuss. <laughs> and uh, but she puts ice cream in it and something else. Ooh. I don't know what, vanilla ice cream and something. Well, that sounds like dessert for breakfast. <laughs> Well, it is almost. I'm about it. That coffee's probably not good for you. (laughs) Nope. Definitely. Well, we'll be um, checking out this day in history here in just a couple of minutes. It's 540 on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check out the asphalt jungle again with John Thomas. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. This is today in history, November 17th, 1603. English explorer, writer, and courtier Sir Walter Raleigh goes on trial for treason. 1603, English explorer. Oh, I got that one. Uh, 1777. The Articles of Confederation are submitted to the states for ratification. That was the forerunner for the uh, Constitution, obviously. 
1800, the U.S. Congress held its first session in Washington. 1820, Captain Nathaniel Palmer becomes the first American to see Antarctica. The uh, Palmer Peninsula is later named for him. 1856, in the American Old West, on the Sonoita River in present-day southern Arizona, the U.S. Army established Fort Buchanan in order to help control new land acquired in the Gadsden Purchase. 1858, the city of Denver, Colorado, is founded. 1863, in the American Civil War, the Siege of Knoxville begins. Confederate forces led by General James Longstreet placed Knoxville, Tennessee, under siege. 1869, in Egypt, the Suez Canal, linking the Mediterranean Sea with the Red Sea, is inaugurated. 1894, H.H. H. Holmes, one of the first modern serial killers, is arrested in Boston. 1896, the Western Pennsylvania Hockey League, which later became the first ice hockey league to openly trade and hire players, began play at Pittsburgh's Shenley Park Casino. 1947, the Screen Actors Guild, implemented an anti-communist loyalty oath. Also in 1947, American scientists John Bardeen and Walter Hauser Bratton observed the basic principles of the transistor, a key element for the electronics revolution of the 20th century. You all aren't old enough to remember those transistor radios. 1962, President John F. Kennedy dedicated Washington Dulles International Airport serving the Washington, D.C. region. And by the way, that uh, airport is way to the south of D.C. you got Reagan Airport right across the river, but Dulles is many, many miles away. And the metro didn't go out there until this past weekend and my son Jackson who lives in DC somehow got to ride the inaugural the inaugural uh, ride that went from where the metro had stopped on out to Dulles he sent us a bunch of pictures and everything but anyway the metro now goes all the way out there In 1967, the Vietnam War, acting on optimistic reports that had been given on November 13th, President Lyndon Johnson told the nation that while much remained to be done, we're inflicting greater losses than we're taking and we're making progress. And I think that was, yeah, that was after I had gotten back from there. In 1968, viewers of the Raiders-Jets football game in the eastern U.S. are denied the opportunity to watch the exciting finish when NBC broadcast Heidi instead, prompting changes to sports broadcasting in the U.S. And I certainly remember that controversy, too, because I was watching the game and all of a sudden Heidi came on. 1969, the Cold War negotiators from the Soviet Union and the U.S. met in Helsinki, Finland, to begin SALT-1 negotiations aimed at limiting the number of strategic weapons on both sides. 1970, the Vietnam War Lieutenant William Cowley goes on trial for the My Lai Massacre. 1973, the Watergate scandal in Orlando U.S. President Richard Nixon told 400 AP managing editors, I am not a crook. Famous quote from Nixon, I am not a crook. 1993, the uh, U.S. House of Representatives passed a a resolution to establish the North American Free Trade Agreement. That would be NAFTA, as we call it today. 2003, Actor Arnold Schwarzenegger's tenure as the governor of California began. 2013, a rare late-season tornado outbreak 
struck the Midwest, Illinois, and Indiana the most impacted with tornado reports as far north as lower Michigan. In all, around six dozen tornadoes touched down in about an 11-hour time period. I think we'll just stick with our tropical storms. 2019, the first known case of COVID-19 is traced to a 55-year-old man who had visited a market in Wuhan, Hubei province in China. And finally, in 1982, the cruise terminal opened at the port of Tampa. And we've been able to take cruises from there ever since then, which is a great thing. And this day in history was presented by the Duncan Duo, Get your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now, jointheduo.com. It's 5.50 and time to check in now with John Thomas and traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 5.54, Rory O'Neill joins us, our NBC News radio reporter. And, Rory, there's a lot of questions about what's happened now uh, in the Ukraine and with Russia because there was a missile strike in Poland right across the border from the Ukraine. And the question is, who did it? Was it the Russians? Or some are saying that it was a Ukrainian missile. Right. Good morning, Jack. And, you know, two people were killed in that missile strike, and it made everyone scared, really, that perhaps, you know, if this were a Russian attack on Poland, that would likely lead to an invocation of Article 5 of the NATO agreements, and suddenly you know, we're looking at World War Three. But no, uh, now we believe that the explosion that killed two people was not an attack by Russia. Rather, it was caused by a Ukrainian air defense system that was meant to counter Russian aerial bombardment. So uh, essentially, NATO leaders, the U.S. military leaders are saying uh, Russia didn't do this directly, but they're certainly responsible because Ukraine wouldn't be using its air defense system if uh, Russia hadn't launched this illegal invasion back in February. And of course, what is happening is the Russians have wiped out a lot of the power grid for the Ukrainians as they're going into winter now, and it's pretty cold there in the winter. And you can imagine just totally being without power and not having any kind of heat or lights or anything like that. Right. One of the big issues in many cities now is capacity. So some utility spokespeople there say we've been able to get some some of the lines restored, but we're not generating enough power all day long for everyone to use it. So only about a third of the consumers can be using the, the electric supply at any one time. So essentially they have to have rolling blackouts uh, across many cities in order to uh, you know, provide at least some electricity for the residents there. And we're getting reports of more military or rather missile attacks on the energy infrastructure happening this week. Many of these attacks have um, really ramped up this week at the same time we had the g20 summit meeting in bali indonesia where all the world leaders were meeting except for vladimir putin who decided not to go there i'm wondering why the russians keep him in office well it's he's a dictator so it's well, not yeah but really there you would think not by choice would, i don't think well, I, you, well now the elections will say he won with 99 percent of the vote but uh yeah it's you would think they could overthrow him. I mean, with uh, so many of their soldiers you know being killed. You know our Second Amendment loves so much, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Anyway, Rory, thank you, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. One of our top ten favorite days of the week, Friday. Rory O'Neill on Twitter, at Radio Rory. It's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Security. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning at 6.06. It's our circadian consuetudinary, get that right, consuetudinary confabulation here. There you go. With 
Jack Harris and Dana McKay and James Berlander all ready to go here. And if you want to join the crowd, give us a call at 800-969-9352. We'd like to hear your thoughts on whatever it is you want to talk about here. We got our birthdays this morning. I got a bunch of them here. Uh, Cookie Herrera, Lee Ruiz, who is uh, the late Ted Webb's son. Yeah. Richard Pulls, Becky Fernandez, Karen Eisenbray, Scott Scooter Courtney, John G. Yvonne III, Daniel J. Fernandez, Anna Mendez, Kevin William Bakewell, and uh, a listener of ours, Don Germays. So a happy birthday to Cookie, Lee, Richard, Becky, Karen, Scott, John, Daniel, Anna, Kevin, and Don. Got a bunch. How about you all? For me, I've got Jimmy Onasawa and also Lee Ruiz. Uh, and special shout-out to Lee. Miss that guy. He used to work here uh, for years and years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd forgotten that he worked oh, here. Oh, yeah. Teddy got him his job here. Mm-hmm. Did a great job here. Yep. And uh, how about you, Dana? Have you got anybody? Well, I've got a couple of celebrity friends who are celebrating birthdays today. RuPaul is 62, Danny DeVito is 78, and Lorne Michaels, producer of Saturday Night Live, is also 78. Danny DeVito is how old? 78. Oh, wow. Crazy. He's getting up there. Do you think he lost all of his hair yet? Oh, come on, James. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're not getting any younger either over there. I know. <laughs> Receding hairline and all. Well, I'll have to uh, read some of these jokes Oh, now. boy. Are they better than yesterday's? Uh, I think so. Okay. Well, i got to have one from uh, George Carl. The doctor gave me one year to live, so in the heat of the moment, I shot him, and the judge gave me 15 years. Oh. Problem solved. <laughs> I'll go with that one. Oh, my <laughs> That's gosh. Good. Uh, let's see. A dog gave birth to puppies near the road and was cited for littering. Uh, and t- a grenade thrown into a kitchen in France would result in linoleum blown apart. <laughs> Have you all got any ones better than that? <laughs> I don't know if mine is any better, but I got one. Singing in the shower is fun until you get soap in your mouth. Then it's a soap opera. <laughs> well, that's better than mine. <laughs> what about you, James? You've uh, got to have something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's see. Uh, let, me, let me try to find the best one here. Uh, some of these are dirty. I can't read these on the air. <laughs> All right, so a man tells his doctor, Doc, help me. I'm addicted to Twitter. And the doctor replies, sorry, I don't follow you. <laughs> that's the best i could do today well that was pretty lame <laughs> you can submit your text 82945 text them in 82945 and start your text with wfla and if we don't get to use your joke today we'll get it in tomorrow we promise you and surely you can do better than what we've done there oh yeah for sure gonna need more help from ben ritter and george carl it's six ten on am tampa bay and Time now for checking those encumbrances in traffic with John Thomas. Throwing it back with Jack on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 614 on AM Tampa Bay, this one goes a few years back. Uh, Involves Tarpon Springs. And they used to have the Sponge Festival. I don't know if they've resumed the Sponge Festival since COVID-19 or not. That was quite an event in Tarpon Springs because if you're not aware of it, that's the sponge capital of the world. Uh, Even a movie done there, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Yeah, it looks like they're going to be doing the annual Tarpon Springs Sponge Docs Arts and Crafts Fest April of next year. I don't know if that's the same one or not. No, no. The Sponge Festival was just a great event where they had all kinds of food and Gotcha. Uh, great Greek food uh, and all sorts of other things. And, hmm. of course, a lot of sponges. And they had a sponge festival parade. And my son was a big fan 
of SpongeBob SquarePants, the TV show. Are you all familiar with that? Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I used to even watch it, too. And so we, uh, it was my son's idea that they ought to have SpongeBob SquarePants in the parade and as a part of the celebration there. And we, uh, I brought it up on the air a couple of times, and I was told, no, no, this is a an event for real sponges, actual sponges. And SpongeBob SquarePants is an artificial sponge. And uh, so Joy and I had to go to um, a Tarpon Springs City Council meeting, which we did, and explained to them that SpongeBob was a real sponge because he had parents in that show. He had a mama and a papa. Technically, yeah. Yeah. So that meant that he was a real sponge. And they agreed with that. And SpongeBob SquarePants was in the parade and was a part of the sponge celebration that year. We haven't had them back since then. That's incredible. We did it one year. We got SpongeBob SquarePants in the Tarpon Springs Sponge Festival and Sponge Parade. It's hard to say the word sponge a lot of times. (laughs) (laughs) But that's our throwback for today. I still remember being in that meeting, and they said, now what is it you all have to offer? And I remember getting up. Well, you all were saying it's SpongeBob wasn't real. (laughs) Yes, he is. He's got parents. I'm sure you raised a couple eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but they agreed. (laughs) And SpongeBob was in it. My son was very happy. So that's our throwback here for today at 617. By the way, um, after being beaten by the Republican newcomer Jay Collins for a state Senate seat, outgoing Democrat Senator Janet Cruz is going to run for Tampa City Council. Uh, she confirmed it yesterday morning, and she went on to say, I quote here, I couldn't be more excited to continue to serve my community, whether it's working on housing affordability, transportation options. She names a few other things, and When elected, I plan to put community priorities ahead of politics because divisiveness has no place in City Hall. But anyway, Election Day is March 7th, 2023. Um, And I'm thinking maybe Janet Cruz, Senator Cruz, or used to be Senator Cruz, once she gets into Tampa City Council, maybe she will be one that will push for getting Webb's Way or Ted Webb Boulevard or whatever we're going to end up calling it, getting it done. I mean, you can't actually change the name of streets. They stopped that back when Buffalo became Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, but um, you can put up signs and name it, give it a second name, and that's been done for a lot of uh, well-known people here in the Bay Area, and we need to get it done for Ted Webb, Webb's Way. Well, I think there's so much new construction around with all these new shopping centers being built that we should probably take a look at what's being built around Tampa Bay and then figure out when they're going to build a new street, let's go get them. Yeah, definitely so. Good idea. And the other thing maybe she can get done is the Walk of Fame. I don't know why we can't get that through that bunch of boneheads on city council. (laughs) We've had a lot of famous people come from Tampa Bay. We sure have, and they ought to be celebrated, and they could. And we could put it in, uh, I never remember the name of the park, across the river from Curtis Hickson Park. Uh, Yeah, I was going to say Curtis Hickson. I don't know the name of the one across from it. Well, anyway, they've been trying to grow that park and make it bigger and make it more attractive. And one thing that would do it would be the Walk of Fame. Maybe we need to reach out to some of the other famous people that came from Tampa Bay and see if they would get on board. Power in numbers. 
Yeah, well, maybe uh, tomorrow I'll have a list of some of the people that come from here. Patrick Wilson comes to mind right away, the actor. He's been in so many movies and everything. Uh, But we have a lot of famous people that came from here. We could actually make it the whole Bay Area because there are a few that came from Clearwater and St. Pete as well. But I don't know why we can't get these things done with that bunch of do-nothings on Tampa City Council. Maybe Janet Cruz can get it done. We'll see. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay, and here's John Thomas with traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 625 on AM Tampa Bay, and Aaron Real joins us now, our NBC News radio reporter. And Aaron, we're one week away today from Thanksgiving, and they're saying this is going to be by far the most expensive ever. It is, Jack. I'm sorry to say the Thanksgiving meal with all the trimmings, it's expected to cost 20% more than last year, and nearly every ingredient in the classic Thanksgiving feast is more expensive. So between inflation, supply chain interruptions, and the avian flu, this is all according to the American Farm Bureau annual Thanksgiving dinner survey. And the average cost of this year's holiday meal for 10 people, that's going to be $64.05, up from the 2021 average of $53.31. And the most expensive dinner in 37 years, this is in the 37 years of the Bureau's holiday survey. So you're looking at general inflation slashing the purchasing power of consumers as a significant factor contributing to this increase in the average cost of dinner. So it's everything. It's the turkey, the stuffing, sweet potatoes, rolls, butter, peas, cranberries, veggies, all of these, pumpkin pie, whipped cream, these specific items up a lot. Whipped cream up 26%. Uh, stuffing mix up 69%. Pie crust up 26%. And the 16-pound turkey, the average cost is $28.96. That's up almost 21% from a year ago. But some good news for you guys down in Tampa. If you look at regionality in terms of cost, meal costs are actually lowest in the south and highest out in the west. So you're gonna, it's going to be a little bit better for you guys down in Tampa. Yeah, I was reading uh, that story about it, and they were saying, according to this story, that for the first time ever it would be cheaper to dine out for Thanksgiving. Yes, I found that very interesting, too. Um, I, I saw that as well. That was, that's good spotting. And actually, it made me consider maybe just buying the sides from a place that because it would be cheaper than purchasing all the and take half the work. But <laughs> but yes, for the first time ever, and that's simply because the supply chain for restaurants are very different than that of, um, uh, you know, the consumer at the grocery store. So that makes it a good time. Restaurants, you know, they're they're also elevated, but they've risen at a slower pace in the cost of food and other at, at restaurants and other vendors. It's up 5.8% compared to the 10% at grocery stores. Yeah, and of course, as you might expect, they're trying to blame it on Biden because of inflation. But yeah, it, I mean, the sitting president always gets blamed for inflation. Um, uh, but uh, I have to ask you, Jack, what's your favorite uh, holiday item on the Thanksgiving table? I think uh, my wife makes a fantastic Thanksgiving meal, but my favorite is the stuffing. Oh, I agree. That's my favorite every year, too. I love stuffing. I don't even know what exactly she puts in it, but I love that stuffing. And my Aww, son does, too. This year. You can learn. <laughs> That's our favorite. Well, I'll ask her this year and find out what she puts in the stuffing. Cause that's... Well, enjoy, Jack. All right. We love it, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Sounds good. Have a good day. Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter, and it's 628 on AM Champa Bay. Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dopes of the day on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 637, uh, it is Dana McKay who has our dope of the day. Oh, a 73-year-old Florida man died Tuesday afternoon after his homemade plane crashed almost immediately after takeoff. According to witnesses, he taxied the plane up and down the run- runway at Blue Ridge Flight Park Airport several times before attempting liftoff. The plane did not climb when he finally attempted to take off, but veered left and hit a tree. And the man died in that plane crash. 
I think that I saw that. I mean, of course, the Wright brothers built their own plane, but I don't think building your own plane is a good idea. How did they get a homemade plane to an airport? That's a good question, too. That was my question. (laughs) I would think that you've got to have it licensed, inspected, you know. Don't you have to get, like, cleared for takeoff from the tower? Uh, Depending on where you're flying from, I mean... (laughs) Uh, John Travolta, who has a home up north of here somewhere, I think in Pasco County, but yeah. he's got a runway outside his house. Right, but I would still think that you have to have some sort of licensing to be able to do that. You can't just go making your own plane and flying it around anywhere you want. Well, no, you're supposed to have a pilot's license. <laughs> yeah. Pilot license Travolta and a has. flight plan. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is tragic to what say the dope. least. Yes. A dead dope, no. Yeah, unfortunately. Hey, by the way, I want to thank um, the author. Well, Bob Richardson sent me this, and it's a story of um, Al Fernandez, who was uh, a veteran. And it says here, a snapshot of the greatest generation through the life of Master Sergeant Albert M. Fernandez, USAF, and written by Bob Richardson, but it also um, gives it a little bit of the history of World War II, the beginning of the Air Force. That was in 1948. MacDill Air Force Base, which came, uh, well, actually, it had been a, a military base before that, but it became MacDill Air Force Base, I think it was in 48, and the city of tampa a lot of history of those things so i'm looking forward to uh seeing it reading it and seeing what all he has to say in here but our thanks to him and what is the other thing here well we'll get around to it in a minute i yeah i think i'll have time to do this the um oh southern Six phrases you'll only know if you're from the South. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's 640 on AM Tampa Bay, and here is Traffic Now with John Thomas. Monitoring every tick of the market, here's Jay Ratliff, day trading expert on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 643, Jay Ratliff on board of daytradefund.com and Jay I understand well obviously investors hoping for a less um, interest rate hike in the month of December and what do we expect to happen well it depends on who you believe and at what time you uh, are, are kind of checking the the news or the or the latest so to speak uh, we've had some very positive days this week where the market has been responding to, as you mentioned, investors' optimism that the December interest rate hike, which we're going to get, it's just a matter of how big the needle's going to be. Is it going to be three-quarter points uh, or 75 basis points, as we've seen month after month after month, or is it going to be something that maybe is only uh, uh, half of that or so? So we're going to have to wait and see. But right now, the thought is that uh, most investors are thinking that the economic data that's coming out suggesting that inflation has paused just a bit is going to force the Fed to maybe take a less aggressive posture for the December rate hikes. And that's what the market's struggling with right now as far as which way things are going to go. Right now, the Dow's down about 190 points, and uh, we could continue to see a brief sell-off. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, if the... Fed continues with their very aggressive uh, interest rate hike that they've been doing month after month after month. Uh, there's a concern, and I think it's a rightful concern, Jack, that it could actually push us more towards the inflation side of things, where it would be very, very difficult for the economy to recover quickly. And uh, we'll just have to see which way it plays out. Who's in charge of right raising that thing? It's the Federal Reserve, Jerome Powell, and, and his his folks, uh, his team. They are, it's supposed to be a non-political body where they uh, are assigning uh, the, the, the policies as far as which way things are going to go based on uh, the economic data that they have before them. And they'll look at the jobs report, they'll look at the inflation report, they'll look at the consumer price index, they'll look at a lot of different things to see which factors are impacting the market 
in whatever way that they are and then try to do what they can. And, of course, this is the group that, uh, minus Jerome Powell, but the Fed, many years ago, they came out with this quantitative easing where they started dumping billions of dollars into the market in in an attempt during some volatile times to try to keep things moving a little bit more slowly. And they've been able to sell a lot of that stuff off over the years. But the thought is that they become much more involved in the interday management, if you will, uh, than what we've seen in decades past. And once you get started on that, you've got somebody in the kitchen that likes to tinker. Uh, They're going to keep doing things. And unfortunately, sometimes the fear is they're going to do too much as they try to do do the right thing. And, of course, that could lead to problems economically if they don't prevent us from going over that inflation cliff, but instead push us over that cliff towards inflation. Now, you've got a line here. Cryptocurrencies continue to take a hit with more companies poised to go bankrupt and what's the deal with that well ftx is is a crypto exchange company that recently filed bankruptcy Uh, they had over a million clients and uh, it's it's the latest in the the cryptocurrency head uh, headaches that are taking place right now we've talked about cryptocurrencies for years jack where this is a non-regulated group if you will that uses digital currency instead of anything else outside of any federal oversight. And for people that want to have money, to transfer money, uh, and not have to have it reported in whatever way and and, and hide it, if you will, uh, not that they're doing anything illegally, they just don't feel like it's the the business of the governments, uh, what they do with their money, they have money that's converted to this digital currency, and uh, they're able to transfer money as needed. The problem is being a non-regulated thing it's a group of individuals and companies and it works as long as everything uh, is everybody's kind of on the same page there but the problem is you're seeing a lot of uh, cryptocurrencies start to suffer uh, as the demand for cryptocurrency and the value continues to drop uh, bitcoin one of the, the leading cryptocurrencies that of the 400 and some that are out there uh, last year at this time was trading at 66,000 uh, it was expected to go over 100. Now it's trading today, I think, at 16,000. So it's down quite a bit. And we even had people a year ago that were so excited about it that uh, they were going out and borrowing money to try to jump in on this crypto craze. The problem right now with FTX, which is one of the, the larger, I think it's the second or third largest crypto exchange where a lot of these are traded, they filed for bankruptcy. And now the president of that company is being. Uh, sued along with many actors and athletes who help promote it, like Tom Brady and Shaq and oh, yeah. a bunch of different individuals who were out there talking about what a great investment this was. Now, I'm sure they were paid spokesmen, maybe, but the idea is, okay, are they liable? But a lot of people are coming after them because the losses on this are staggering. And, of course, the biggest fear right now, Jack, is it's the first of many uh, that's going to fall. And right now you're seeing uh, already in in Washington, D.C., calls for hearings and increased regulation, which for the crowd that is involved in cryptocurrency, that's the last thing you want to hear. But uh, we'll wait and see which way it's going to go. It's the wild, wild west, and it's something I've never been a fan of and something that I've cautioned uh, our audiences on uh, for years and years and years. And at least for now, it looks like it's in the process of imploding. Mm, Yeah. And uh, talk about replacing cash with cryptocurrency in well, we Washington. But... Yeah, Jack, excuse me. We may, there may be a day we go to a digital currency. Um, but the idea it's going to be this, and it's not going to be regulated in any fashion, uh, that's something that I, I just don't see happening because you need to have some stability. And really the only way you can have that stability, not that I'm a big fan of government oversight, but you have to have some controls in place as a safety net in case, uh, you know, things start to go south. For sure. Well, <laughs> before you do any investing, you want to go to daytradefund.com. Jay Ratliff, we'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it, Jack. Thank you. All right, 6.50, time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather and traffic, every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris it's on News Radio WFLA. 654. Got our uh, gas prices here. Um, 
The current average in the Tampa Bay area is 354 and a half as of yesterday, and that's up or down two cents from the day before. So it went down two cents in a day. It went down four cents over the past week, although from a month ago, it's up 14 cents, and from a year ago, it's up 34 cents. Jeez. So still going up. we got to get gas back down under $3. Yeah, i got to fill up my tank pretty soon, so I guess I'm not going to have, like, you know, food that day or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mine was, I want to say it was $54. Holy crap. When I went, well, I mean, it was, oh, wow. it, I mean, yeah. it Were was. You drive I like a tank? I wouldn't have made it to work. No, I, I have a Passat. <laughs> well, I know on uh, Gandhi coming to work, I think it's three fifty-two at all of them. That's a lot. So yeah. You want to come to Gandhi, it's cheaper for That's sure. That's a lot. Jeez. We got to get around to this. Uh, well, tomorrow morning. Uh, one thing we've got to do, what is it? I've talked about it here. and Well, the, the s- phrases you'll know only if you're from the South. Oh, yeah. And I that, will fail. I'm not from the South. Where are you from? Uh, Massachusetts, near Boston. Oh, boy. Near mm-hmm. Boston. Yes. What town near Boston? Waltham. Yeah, I know where that is. Mm-hmm. And how about you, James? For me, oh, I'm I was born in Brooksville technically, but raised in Spring Hill, but I've been in Florida my entire life. Oh, okay. So you probably use some of these terms and again, we won't have time to get to them till the, tomorrow morning. If yonder is one of them, I I've never used the word yonder. Over yonder. Nope. Isn't that more like Alabama, Virginia? I think so? I use most of them. Yeah. Well, Virginia's really deep south and uh, well, we're fixing to end the show <laughs> here in a minute, but we'll have more of those. Plus, one thing we've got to get around to uh, when we've got a chance to do it, and perhaps tomorrow if we have time, is this thing about whether it's better to be a woman or a guy, oh, a man or a woman. <laughs> and if you have any thoughts on that, please text them to us or get ready to call them in tomorrow when we do a debate over it. Us guys with have Dana. rough lives. Yeah. You think you have a tough? Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> Wait, are we talking about that you're going to argue for your gender or against it? You know what I mean? Like that you think that it's better to be a man or a woman. Oh, I'll argue for. I don't ever want to be pregnant. Okay. <laughs> A lot of other I still like think it. women have it easier. I don't I'll blame you. Way. No, I don't think we do at all, James. I do not. <laughs> we'll see. All right. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Sounds like Let's a plan. It it's 657 on AM Champa Bay. Live it up. <laughs>